Just a friendly reminder that if you wish to support the ministries of this podcast or of the local church in which I serve, you may send any donations to 563 East Main Street in Philadelphia, Mississippi, 39350, care of Henry's Chapel, UMC. So we are now wrapping up our walk through 1 John. And as we wrap it up, I don't want us to forget the context of which this letter is written that it's written to fellow Christians and followers of Jesus about how we unite as the community. This is about Christian community for the Christian community. And today's text closes with one thing that the author wants us to truly know. And we hear that one thing in 1 John chapter 5, verses 9 through 13, where we hear this. If we receive human testimony, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that he has testified to his son. And those who believe in the son of God have the testimony in their hearts. And those who do do not believe in God have made him a liar by not believing in the testimony that God has given concerning his son. And this is the testimony. God gave us eternal life. And this, is, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So today's text carries kind of a legalistic sound to it, if you're, if we're honest. This idea of testimony or witness is very legalistic language, which kind of, and, and as I hear someone giving their testimony, it's evidence or proof provided by the existence of or appearance of something. It's a very strong way of affirming that something is true, that I testify to it, that I believe it, that I have proof of it. And the emphasis here is on the testimony which God has given. And we might ask, what is that testimony? What truth is on trial here? And that is that Jesus really did come in flesh, that he really did die, that he really was raised again, that Jesus was real and Jesus is real. That is God's testimony about his son. And the writer of our text, wants us to know that this is a critical belief for us as Christians. The uniting factor around the Christian church is this. We, for so often we say, well, you have to believe this or that. No, no, this is what you have to believe to be a Christian. That Jesus came, lived, died, and was resurrected. That Jesus is real. Period. That Jesus is God's son. And that the relationship between Jesus and God cannot be questioned. It's a full connection. It's full integration. They are one and the same. And Jesus' life and ministry is the testimony to that relationship. The testimony is the way that Jesus fully revealed God's love. Ultimately, through laying down of his life for us. As we hear throughout this text of 1 John about love and that love is laying down your life for a friend, that is the ultimate sacrifice that Jesus paid. And the way that Jesus loved is the evidence of his sonness. 
Jesus' life, ministry, death, and resurrection is the testimony that we are to believe. And the proof of our belief is in the testimony that is our lives. The true testimony for the believer is to live as Jesus lived, to love as Jesus loved, to minister as Jesus ministered. The testimony within is revealed in living as Jesus lived and loving as he loved others. This is the providing of the evidence or proof by the appearance of something. And the appearance is the presentation of love. It is the change in our lives. That is what we are presenting as our living testimony, is that God has entered our hearts and has changed who we are, and we are presenting it to the world, not to say, look at us, but to present that we are different because God lives within us. That is the testimony of, that God has made in our lives. That, to live our changed lives is the testimony of God. And the testimony of God is through the life, ministry, death, and resurrection of Jesus. So we in turn testify to who God is by this change in our lives. We, we receive the testimony of God through Jesus Christ, and therefore we turn and we testify to who God is through the way in which we live and love through the transforming of our hearts. And if we believe in the testimony of God through Christ and show it in the way that we live, then our quote-unquote sentencing, our, what we receive, as we hear in our text, is eternal life. But notice in verse 13 that eternal life is not something in the future. It is in the now. As we hear in verse 13, that I write these things to you who believe in the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. You have, not will have, but you do have eternal life. It is not a future reality, but a present one that we find in Christ. Eternal life is not about the duration of our heartbeat or the length of years that we live or even about life after death. Eternal life is about the here and now and it can be understood as true, authentic, real life. Because what Jesus in his life is testifying to us is how we are called to live and how we are called to live to the fullest. If you believe and live out the fact that Jesus is God in flesh, then you will start to live real life. You will start to live an eternal life, a life that includes loving one another, not just surface relationships, not just acquaintances but and, but, and friends. But to not have eternal life is to continue to go through the motions. It's to continue searching for some kind of meaning in your life. The meaning and purpose that we are created for is to love. But when we don't hear the truth of Jesus Christ, we find ourselves seeking truth elsewhere, going through motions, hating others, hating things that are different, living in a world of despair. And what Jesus is saying is accept this truth and let it be your guide. If God is love and we as we heard a few weeks ago, and we are created to testify to who God is, then we are called to live out love. Now, this is the testimony of God. 
that we see through the life and ministry, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is the truth that we are called to be, uh, to, that we are called to allow to guide and direct us as we go throughout our lives. But sadly, what we see in our world today and in our current culture is that we don't use this text to encourage unity and inclusion. Or instead, we use it as an exclusive text. We use it to say, those who do not live or act as I do are obviously not believing the testimony. They're not living out the truth. And this sort of claim can at best lead us to some sort of spiritual arrogance that says, if you want to follow Jesus, the truth of Jesus Christ, and you have to look and act like me, this is what it really looks like. And at the worst, where we see it lead to is the dehumanization of others, which can justify oppression and the atrocity of death and murder and segregation in our world. But this is not the testimony that we have received. Too often we manipulate the testimony of God to fit our own quote-unquote truth. Instead of living out what we claim to believe, that Jesus Christ is the way and the truth and the life, this is not what we do. Instead we say, I know the way. I'll tell you the truth. And this is how you're called to live. This letter is concerned that people get it right because their very lives depend upon it. You know, as we read this text, the the lectionary ends in verse 13, but the argument does not. The statement does not. It kind of reads like like a court case where the lawyer is making their final argument. And they say all of this, but in verse 21 of chapter 5, it says, as the parting line for all of this, for all of 1 John, it says this, keep yourselves from idols. Keep yourselves from idols, which seems in the grand scheme of all of this to have no bearing on anything. We've been talking a lot about love and living in light. Why throw out idolatry? At the end, unless you realize that what this is equating or what this is saying is that it is equating those that claim to follow Jesus Christ but follow self as idolaters. At the core of this text is the question, are we receiving the testimony of God through Jesus Christ as is or Are we trying to manipulate it and twist it to support and promote our own selves, our own wants, and our own desires? Because when we shift and manipulate the testimony of God through Jesus Christ to support our lifestyle, then we are making an idol out of self and out of ego, and we are perjuring ourselves to keep with that legalistic language. That idea of perjuring ourselves is to willfully tell an untruth in a court after having taken an oath of affirmation. And if we proclaim and attest that Jesus Christ is Lord of our lives, yet we do not live to honor and serve him, we, but we instead live to do what we want and to hope that, and say, God, bless what I want, then our testimony is a lie. 
And as we are not seeking the everlasting life that God has planned for us. So this is a call to search out our lives. It is a call to say, you have heard the truth. And the truth shall set you free. However, what we do is we find ourselves hearing this truth and manipulating it and twisting it and wanting it to align with our own wants and desires. We say, I know what this says, but... And so therefore, what we find ourselves wanting to do is say, yeah, I hear this testimony, but I don't believe it. We'd never say that out loud, but we find ourselves proclaiming, yes, Jesus Christ is Lord of my life, but we find ourselves living away from his truth, seeking to promote our own wants and agendas and saying that if you don't love how I love, if you don't look how I look, if you don't vote how I vote, if you don't whatever, then you are not living in the truth. And what Jesus Christ is calling us to do is love and bring people in and not push people away. I read it said one time, that if Jesus only loves the people you love, then you can be sure that you are worshiping self. As we look even at the Last Supper, when Jesus was sitting there with his disciples, knowing that Judas was going to betray him, he welcomes him into the meal, brings him in. Jesus, over and over throughout the text, loves and chooses love, and invites in, and welcomes in, and forgives, and seeks to unify and bring people together. And as we look at our world, we find so many people proclaiming that they are following Jesus Christ. Yet they are pro- what they are promoting is separation and division and hate and saying, well, if you're not going to follow with Jesus, then you're out. And the reality is that Jesus is going, no, Help them, encourage them to know the truth. It's that old adage that you'll catch more flies with honey than with, and what we need to realize is that we are by no means called to be fake, but we are called to love. Even if those people are living against us, even if people are living against what Jesus Christ calls them to, even if people are hating us, we are called to love. Think about Jesus on the cross and what does he proclaim? Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. This is the truth that we are called to live. This is the testimony that we are called to follow. And we are called to receive. We are called to receive the truth of Jesus Christ, which as we've read throughout 1 John is the truth of love. So maybe we need to take a step back. And not ask, what is our testimony? But ask, how do we interpret Jesus' testimony? Because if we are called to serve and honor Jesus, and and we find ourselves against our neighbor, viewing them as our opponent, instead of one to love, viewing them as an opposition, then we're not getting the message that Jesus sought for us to get. We're not understanding the testimony that is given. Because at any story throughout Scripture, when you see Jesus encountering those people, even those that are against Him, He seeks to love first. 
So let us go forth, receiving the testimony of Jesus Christ that is, love God and love neighbor, period, and seek to go forth proclaiming that truth, that yes, God, I love, honor, and will serve you over myself. And yes, God, I love my neighbor. And let us not just proclaim to testify to that, but let our lives be our testimony that says, oh God, let me not perjure myself, but let me live in your truth. Amen and amen.